Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the NFL Draft Triple Take presented by UPMC. Mike Pursuto along with Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson. We are deep into round two of our position-by-position previews as we ready you for the first round of the NFL Draft on April the 29th. We're going to take a look at the running back position, a second look at the running back position in this segment uh, before we uh, tuck the ball and make our one cut and head upfield. I want to remind everyone that uh, all of these videos uh, are shared on Steelers.com, the Steelers mobile app, and the Steelers official YouTube page. Uh, the audio can be heard on the Triple Take podcast and on Steelers Nation Radio. And uh, you can subscribe to the Triple Take podcast wherever you download your favorite on-demand audio content. Uh, running back, still another position that uh, intrigues, if not fascinates. There are some high-caliber uh, top of the – position type of guys that uh, can really uh, get your attention and uh, you know star caliber talent uh, but as we all know and as we've heard Mike Tomlin say a million times running backs come in all shapes and sizes and from everywhere and just to emphasize that point Dale uh, last season 2020 National Football League of the top seven rushers none of them were first round draft picks you had uh, Derrick Henry, second round. Delvin Cook, second round. Jonathan Taylor, second round. Aaron Jones, fifth round. David Montgomery, fifth round. Uh, Robinson from Jacksonville, free agent. And Nick Chubb from Cleveland, second round. Uh, you can get him in the first round, but do you need to? Well, here's the thing. You know, all those guys you mentioned, with the exception of the guys who were taken outside of the second round, the guys who were taken in the second round were taken in the top half of the second round. Um, you know, Chubb, for example, was the 35th pick in the draft. Um, you know, so if you're a team from the mid middle on down, especially in this year's draft, I think from the middle of the second round uh, down, um, there are three guys, and we talked about this before, that, that are atop the board. And I think they all go between somewhere between 18 and – 35. Uh, I think that's really the sweet spot for those guys. And then after that, there's a, a bit of a drop off between number three back and the number four back. Doesn't mean that some of those guys won't hit. And we'll talk about some of these guys. But I know that those top three guys are, are probably going to hit. Uh, you know, I know that they're they look like, you know, every down first, you know, every down backs uh, in the NFL. So Every draft is different. I know people want to say, well, you never draft a running back in the first round. Yeah, I get that in, in a lot of years, and that sounds great, except if you don't have one. If you don't have one, you better get one. Matt, you see that uh, sweet spot about where Dale lined it up? I know I've, I've done my mock draft for Steelers.com. I got them going somewhere from 33 after. No first yeah, I, hear, I, hear, I understand the argument of you don't want to take a back super high. And Mike, to your point too, of the leading rushers last year, some of the early picks like McCaffrey and Barkley, they were just injured. They probably would have been in the group as well. I mean, Ezekiel well, Elliott missed some time. I mean, those guys are early picks. What? They were but, injured and they weren't there. Yeah, 100% true. I mean, it is an injury-prone position. Those guys take a beating. And that's part of the argument of not using an early pick there. But in this class specifically – I just think the three guys stand alone and the guys behind them aren't as strong as they usually are. You know, last year I loved the day two you know, backs that went and even the first one was 32nd overall. 
where in this class, you might see those first three go, and then the other ones are spot players. I mean, like a Kenneth Gainwell, to me, is a really attractive player from Memphis, but he's a certain type. He's a receiver. He's not a workload guy. So, I mean, if you have a, a niche player that you need at that position, fine, you'll find them. But if you need a bell cow, you're going to probably have to use a pretty early pick. Well, Matt, let's uh, let's keep it with you here as we talk about not the bell cows, but maybe the other cows that uh, come in on third down and eat the grass when the other <laughs> cow goes and, and takes a breather. What do, you, what do you got down the list at running back? Uh, I went pretty deep, and some of these pro days for some of these backs that are going to be late picks are really intriguing to me. But I want to start with one. I mean, your, your favorite Michigan Wolverines. I think Chris Evans from Michigan is a really intriguing back. And if there's a version of your a, favorite Michigan Wolverines based on the number of times. I have picked them a couple picks. times. Well, if I'm torn between Michigan and another team, I'm always going to pick Michigan for you. So when in doubt, he had a great pro day. He was heavily, heavily recruited, had a phenomenal three cone, which I think is, you know, an important number for running backs that elusiveness, the ability to kind of slide around, you know, in, in, in the open field. If there's a late round running back that has a, James Robinson-like rookie season and happens to fall into the right spot. Chris Evans is my vote. Dale, uh, I'm looking at uh, your down-the-list picks, and uh, believe it or not, you have left your beloved SEC. I have, and I've left Division One for that <laughs> matter, as well. I'm going to Tiffin. Uh, Nate Whoa. Washington will be proud. Uh, I'm going to Jaquan Hardy out of Tiffin, uh, 5'8", 211 pounds. He, he rushed for 1,000 yards in 2017. Then he missed the 2018 season with a knee knee injury, came back in 2019 and rushed for 1,500 yards and, and with 15 touchdowns. And because it's a Division II school, they didn't play in the fall. So, you know, I, I think he's a guy that, that there's some intrigue there. Again, not the biggest guy, but at 5'8", 211, that's pretty well put together. And then he ran in the four fives at his pro day. This is a guy that uh, he's a hard-nosed runner. I've, seen, I've watched a little bit of tape of him. There's not a ton out there, but – you see the highlights and you're like, okay, I can see this guy uh, being somebody that, uh, that, that that does something in the NFL. And then I'm going to a Duke. I'm going for a smart guy. Uh, you <laughs> assume he's, he's a smart guy. Deion Jackson at a Duke, 5'11", 218. Ran a 4'4", 140 uh, at, at 218 pounds. That's nice. Uh, catches the ball well. Had over 2,200 rushing yards in three seasons at Duke. So, you know, I, I think there's something there to work with. Um you know, uh, at the very least, you got a bigger third down back that can run. You know, Matt, I was uh, wanted to follow up. You mentioned Kenneth Gainwell uh, a moment ago, yeah. and he intrigues me. Uh, you know, the pass catching ability. Last year, there was uh, a receiver coming out of Memphis who lined up in the backfield a lot and carried the ball. Antonio Gibson, who ended up going to the Washington Football Team and having a really good rookie year as a running back. I've heard a lot of speculation on Gainwell. He might do the Gibson in reverse. He was he was a running back who lined up at receiver a lot. He might actually be a receiver in the NFL. But uh, no matter what they call you, particularly on third down, if you can be a guy that can excel catching it or running it, it's a big advantage, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I think Gainwell is coming into the league at an absolute perfect time. Highly advanced route runner for the running back position elusive can stick his foot in the ground run slants you know runs wide receiver routes and you mentioned Gibson who I like a lot with Washington Gibson that's one of the reasons Gibson was not a feature back at Memphis because Gainwell was kind of ahead of him on the depth chart so Gibson had to move to the slot yeah. and play receiver and whatnot 
And Gainwell actually had uh, about a thousand yards, give or take more from scrimmage in 2019 when they played together at Memphis. Yeah. And yeah. Gibson looks like a really good pro. Dale, do you agree? We got a little look at that guy last year, but very impressive rookie season. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talked about this last year to draft, you know, why Gibson only had like 95 career touches or something like that. Well, it was because of Gainwell. They liked him better. It's, it's kind of the, you know, the, the, the Carter, uh, Javante Williams argument with, with North Carolina, like, okay, why didn't these guys, one of these guys take the role? Well, they had two good ones. And sometimes when you have two good ones, you try to work them both into the equation. And if you want to talk uh, recent history, I mean, that Memphis program, uh, not just Antonio Gibson coming out of there, but uh, Daryl Henderson, third round to the Rams in 2019. Tony Pollard, fourth round to the Cowboys in 2019. Go way back to Angelo Williams, first round Carolina, 2006. Memphis knows how to produce running backs. Yeah, the recent history is pretty amazing. I'm glad you glad you mentioned that. I, I think Gainwell's got a bright future. A couple other guys that uh, I have in, uh, in my uh, further review second look. Uh, Jarrett Patterson of Buffalo is real small, but when you go for 700 yards in two games, you know, I don't care if it's Bowling Green and Kent State, that's a lot of yards. And uh, he's going to have 52 career touchdowns, including 19 in six games this year. Is he dynamic enough that, uh, hey, maybe if you're feeling pretty good about most of the rest of your positions, you add this guy as the, uh, the occasional splash player? Yeah, I mean, he's. I, I like you know the the Buffalo program has produced some some pretty solid players as well, including Khalil Mack. Uh, you know they've they've got some stuff going on there. Obviously, uh, you know the the Steelers uh, over the years have felt good about the the guys coming out of the Mack conference as well. You mentioned Khalil Mack. I like Khalil Herbert from Virginia Tech. I mean, he's a shorter, squattier guy that kind of bounces off tackles, ran better than I thought. You know, in the four fours. Um, you know, he had to transfer from Kansas, didn't catch a ton of passes, but you watch him. I think it's just because he wasn't used in that capacity. So maybe he's, you know, falls around or two more than he would because he's underdeveloped in the passing game. Last uh, guy I want to hit and uh, curious what both of you guys think about Chuba Hubbard, Oklahoma state. How are we to perceive uh, a guy who played last year, but his production was about half of what it was the previous year. I kind of still like him. I mean, he and Elijah Mitchell from Louisiana are similar backs to me where they're kind of that Shanahan, Raheem Mostert, stick your foot in the ground through a zone scheme and just go, you know, a straight line. They're both really fast. And Hubbard was far more productive a year ago. But this past year was odd in general. So I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. In my first go-round, he was my fifth running back. I don't think he's at that level. I, I mean, I had him a little overvalued based on tape two years ago. But I think in the right scheme, he could be, you know, useful. That's the thing with the running backs, Mike. I mean, you have to find the guy that fits what you want to do. And what is it that you want to do? Are you a power running team? Are you a zone team? Are you a one-cut? What are you looking, you know, if you're running backs to do? Um, and, and so we may see some guys that, uh, you know, that, that were very productive in college who, who – slide a little bit because there's just not a team there with a need that, that values that kind of runner. Or you may see some guys who were later round guys that, uh, you know, people think are later round guys that go earlier than expected because they fit the scheme. Yeah. You don't want to take uh, a guy who runs out of the eye formation and, and put him in a single back set, right? <laughs> Square pegs and round holes don't often uh, measure up very well. That's, uh, that's going to do it for our 
uh, 2.0 look at the running back position. Uh, remember, all these videos shared on Steelers.com, the Steelers mobile app, and the Steelers official YouTube page. You can catch the audio on the Triple Take podcast and on Steelers Nation Radio. And you can subscribe to the Triple Take podcast wherever you download your favorite on-demand audio content. Thank you uh, for finding us, however, and wherever you found us, uh, till we uh, crank it up again in advance of the first round on April the 29th. For Matt Williamson and Dale Lally, I'm Mike Pursuta. You've been listening to the NFL Draft Triple Take, presented by UPMC.